Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys! Ooh, that was like right on cue. Hey! Wow, we've got a great show for you guys today. We are talking about Generation C and postpartum bodies in a hot goss focused on Emily Ratajkowski, of course. Of course. Like, you have to be, I don't want to say you have to be dead to not know what she looks like, but maybe I mean, you she's have to literally like so pretty, but I did see her in person once and she's very short. What? Okay, I can't get into that right now. That's okay. a shocker to me. Yeah. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag, but up next we have the tits and the shits. Do you want to go first? Sure. My tits are ridiculous, which is that yesterday my mother-in-law <laughs> called and nothing was <laughs> 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 Those of you that listen to Scary Mommy too, I talked a lot more about my mother-in-law and Scary Mommy than this I have. This is Dr. In. Harold Mars. <laughs> Dr. Harold Mars. We haven't talked about her so much in Mom Trash, but so Lee's dad's birthday is the 21st. Lee's birthday is the 22nd, and my birthday is the 23rd. So we have like a three-day in a row March birthday situation. So we called Lee's dad last night to wish him happy birthday. We were on FaceTime and so we were like doing the whole like pass it around to the grandparents, you know, thing. And out of nowhere, like literally out of nowhere, like literally there was no food involved. Lee's mom asks if Luna, my two-year-old daughter, likes caviar. <laughs> Which any of you that have listened to Scary Mommy when we were on it know that this is such a Dr. Harold Mars. <laughs> Dr. Mrs. Harold Mars kind of question. She gave her an orchid subscription or an orchid for her birthday, her first birthday. Her first birthday. She gave her an orchid for her first birthday. We just like didn't know how to answer that question. We just kind of ignored it. But my daughter doubled down. She was like, I see that crazy question and I'm going to double down. And then she looked at grandma and said, mommy is pregnant with a baby inside of her belly. <laughs> Why did she say that? She's really been into lying lately. Like my sister, oh my God, my sister Gina had like a lying issue. Like they sent her to a child psychologist. <laughs> she had such a lying issue for like two years. And the doctor was trying to like say why she might be lying <laughs> and like how to deal with the lying. And to this day, like everyone in my family is like, oh God, remember when Gina was such a fucking liar? Like she one time told us that our neighbor, Cassidy's dad went to jail and she told such a really realistic story <laughs> that we thought that Cassidy's dad had went to jail. She was like, they took him away in handcuffs. Everyone was so upset. <laughs> they told, she told her, class in show and tell that I went to school in London and that to make ends meet, I was a go-go dancer. Now, no one has ever told her what go-go dancer means. She told people that I was a go-go dancer, like in like first grade. True, I was living in London. No, I was not a go-go dancer. She liked to mix fact with fiction, so it seemed really realistic. She also told my brother's entire soccer team, all the moms, that my stepmom wasn't fat. She was pregnant. And then when my stepmom didn't have a baby, everyone came up and was like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And my stepmom was like, what? I'm just fat. I'm confused. <laughs> so my sister 
and my daughter evidently are reincarnated the same person and it's evidently some sort of karmic, I don't, retribution. So anyway, her crazy pants answer to do you like caviar was my mom is pregnant with a baby inside of her. Well, in all fairness, didn't you just have a reading where they told you you were going to have another kid? No, that was your reading. No, Jacqueline told, told me, me. I thought you were told. No, you were told. Everyone says my shop is closed down. Okay, fine. But I could have swore you told me that. I was not told that. I, I was don't told so. that I would have a hard time conceiving. Oh, I think Jacqueline said, do you want another baby? She, that's what she said at first. She said, do you want to have another kid? And I was like, no. And then she said, okay, good. Because I think it would be hard for you guys to have another one. And she said, and also I got the feeling that, you know, the soul on the other side is as ambivalent about it as you are. And I was like, Hot dog. Let's Damn. keep it that way. <laughs> Damn that ambivalent soul. Right. Like, you poor ambivalent soul. That soul should move on. Either, like, <laughs> wait for another dog to come my way or, like, move on to somebody or else. Or a good pair of shoes. Whatever that soul wants to go into. And she also told me it's a girl. It would be a girl. Yep. And I was Maria. like, more reason for me not to do this. <laughs> Anyway, so she doubled down on that crazy and was like, I'll see you're crazy and raise you a crazy and lie to you about mom being pregnant. Maybe she's not like super into lying. Maybe she's just like, hi, grandma, you're out of your mind. (laughs) And therefore I am going to like, maybe just a two. She's very perceptive and understands uh, Mrs. Dr. Harold Mars is, you know, a little out there. And she also is like, I'm going to match your craziness. Grandma didn't even register it. Thank God. Grandma didn't even hear what was happening. No one had their hearing aids in or turned up. No one heard it. I just looked at her and, you know, Luna is in that phase where she's like super obsessed, like more than any kid I've ever met. And I have babysat or nannied a lot of children in my day. She's so obsessed with this idea of like mommy, daddy, baby. I know it's very common for like them to figure out that family dynamic. Yeah. But more so than any other kid I've ever watched. Oh, better you than me. Everything is about mommy, daddy, baby, mommy, daddy, baby. So I do know that she's really into that kind of shit, but that was the highlight. (laughs) It's like, I'm here for all of this. caviar question I texted Ashley immediately and Ashley's like tell her she is into caviar yeah, so and then I'll come over that. and eat it because I actually love caviar your response should have been yes she only likes Petrosian make sure you send all the accoutrements that need to come with it if you right. want to send a mother of pearl spoon we'll take that also <laughs> And also, she really loves, like, a good Moet. That's her favorite <laughs> champagne. Don't bother with a Vuv. <laughs> that, that's what you should have said. And then just called me, and I would have come over and been like, listen, bitch, I'll hard boil the eggs. Let's, let's get down to it. <laughs> let's do this thing, down and dirty. Right. So anyway, that's my tits. That's my tits. That's all I got to say. That's my tits. What are your shits? I'm just going to say I don't know that I have any. Great. I think those are the best weeks. Truly. Like, I don't know that I have any. Like, I'm just going to wax poetic for a second because Lord knows I love to talk and I can't just leave it alone. I'm really trying to just focus. I mean, listen, the fact that the sun is coming out and it's spring is helping. I definitely have some seasonal defect, defective, <laughs> seasonal defective disorder. <laughs> Effective is what I meant, but I'm also defective. I'm really just trying to look at more of the positives than the negatives. On a whole, I really don't have anything to complain about. My old lady hip is starting to feel better. I'm really just trying to enjoy my kid who is problematic at times, but mostly a joy. And so I don't have a whole lot of shits, except that Wonderful. tomorrow is my birthday and it's number two birthday in 
in pandemic, which I did not expect to have two birthdays in pandemic. Ah, you're going to be 43. What the fuck were you going to do for your birthday either way? Otherwise? No, nothing. But I just, I just the idea that like when I had the first birthday in pandemic, I was like, well, at least next year. Not that I was going to like have a big rager. Like, come on. But yeah, it's just weird to think about two birthdays in pandemic. That's like an extra long time that I didn't expect for us to be here. But I feel like I see an end in sight. My tits about your second birthday in pandemic is that we don't have to have a big Zoom party again. That's my tits. I know you hated that. I'm sorry. You came Oh my God, stop. Of course I came. Even Valerie came. Valerie, who has only come to like three of my birthday parties because she has that much social anxiety disorder and hates everyone. She actually came to that one for like, Two seconds. See? Well, my tits are, this has been a long process that I haven't really talked about, but, you know, we continuing to work on our house, finally redid my closet. And, you know, that can be kind of bougie issue. It wasn't, it was really cheap to do. It's going to be my hashtag swag bag, so I'll tell you guys about it then. But, you know, we have this like extra room upstairs. Long story short, when we bought our house, they had divvied up our house into three apartments when really it's a, it's legally. Yeah. I need you to explain to me how that happened. Like what were the apartments? The upstairs was its own apartment. You know how I have that hole in my ceiling with the wire? Yeah. Okay. That's because there was a wall there. Over the Okay, so the the upstairs, so there was like a three-bedroom apartment. No, so upstairs was, I guess, a one-bedroom apartment. So the room that's now my closet was the kitchen. Oh, that's so so weird. Okay. Yeah, like a very tiny kitchen. Really, I mean, it's one of those rooms that's so small that like all you can fit is like a twin-size bed and maybe a very small dresser and that's it. And we didn't really know what to do with this space and I have always wanted a walk-in closet and you know I love my clothes although this year in pandemic it's like I don't even know what getting dressed is basically we were like all right it's a walk-in closet for Ashley which is I know my husband loves me as the way it should be (laughs) as it should be truly I mean for three years it's just kind of I mean by the end of it it looked like I was a hoarder there was just bags of shit all over the place and like I don't think it looked that bad I've been in that many times it was okay yeah it was just like I stopped caring about keeping it nice looking So it was just like shoes were all over the place because it was very hard to keep organized. I had outgrown the like the same closet system that I've had for like 15 years now. The bottom line is you just didn't have a system. Right. Basically, we've redone it. It actually looks like a beautiful walk-in closet. I'm still like doing things to it. I have more stuff coming. We've put in a new light fixture, like these little things. That light fixture is so sexy. Here's the thing. I'm the queen of budget. I think I like I think I'm like really good at high low where I'll mix in some expensive you could have an HGTV show but I don't really think I'm good at decorating but I'm I'm the queen of high low like I'm I'm all about like target shit with like well like a, fl- a fleer flop kind of situation yeah yeah like that kind of stuff so I think it's like coming together real nice and it just it makes me happy every time I like walk past it I'm just like ah and Matt too he's like oh man I think this is great I think this is like gonna you know bring our property that like I think if people come look at the house one day when we decide to sell it it boosts the resale value um so I'm really happy about it and it just it feels good to like have this space of my own it looks so good I can't wait to see it in real life yeah I still have to get like the drawer fronts which have been out of stock it's a whole thing but we're almost there also honestly I have to say I really want us to do a live show where I come back and we have our like 
live show ritual and I can be yeah. in your closet and hang out. That that would make me really happy. We'll do that. Let's set a date for April. Um, let's get a guest and we'll do it. My shits are, I don't, I like you don't think I have any shits. You know, I've gotten, Carrie and I have tried manifesting a lot and I've gotten really into it. I've been reading a lot of books and like the number one thing is. That's my tits. I'm sorry. I have a, I have a redo of tits. You finish what? and then I have, I have an additional tit. No, you finish. Then I have a redo. Okay. You know, one of the strongest things with manifestation is like, yeah. You can't be negative. Like, you can't be negative about anything. And that's really fucking hard for me. Um, But I'm trying. So, yeah, I'm good. Everything is good. Go ahead. What was your other, your second tits? Okay, so this is bonus tits. Okay. I have been really working on trying to be open to like, quote unquote, my gifts, my spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever they are. Like I've been told I'm in psychic. This is, I'm making a short story long. I'm just going to get okay. right to the point. I decided I was just going to go for it. And the other day I made an Instagram story where I was like, hey, I'm turning 43. I haven't had a really hard life. I've had a regular hard life. Wait a second. Did she, did Drew Barrymore reach out to you? We have some connection possibly. Yes. And Possibly. it's not Val. Is it Val? No. Oh. It's not Val. Let me tell a story because okay, everyone sorry. follows me. I was just like, hey, I'm just going to put this out there. So I said, hey, everybody, I'm turning 43. I haven't had a lot of hardships. I've had just like a regular amount of hardships that laid off during COVID like everybody else. Like, it's not a sob story. I know these things are sob story things usually. However, it would make me so incredibly happy if either Paul Rudd or Drew Barrymore sent me a message or recorded my voicemail or something This would just make my whole life. And I talked about how I've been an original OG Paul Rudd lover and how Drew Barrymore particularly has been a longtime inspiration for me and kind of why I chose this second career as a yoga teacher. Kind of. Drew Barrymore. I tagged Ellen DeGeneres because she makes everything happen. The Drew Barrymore show. Drew Barrymore. Paul Rudd actually doesn't have his own personal Instagram, so I did not tag him. Immediately, the Drew Barrymore show started following me and they watched my show. So that was the first excitement. And then... My friend Brian, who I knew from like way back in the day, let me just tell you, musical theater goes deep. Anyone that does not believe, it really goes so deep. Like you can count on your musical theater friends. They're also going to be your frenemies, but the ones that you love forever, it goes way deep. I love you, but you really are making this story very long. Cut to the chase. How did they get, what's happening? Okay, so the Drew Barrymore show is following me. And my friend Brian, who's the head costumer at the Drew Barrymore show, she said, if you send me an email, I will get it to Drew. 100%. I will get that email to Drew. So I tonight have to write an email to Drew, somehow expressing how I feel about her, and then hopefully she'll get back. Pour yourself a drink and get ready to cry. I know. She's the kind of person that will get back to you. Yeah. Anyway, long story long. Listen, at the beginning of pandemic, I sent Adam Sandler a DM saying how bad, because at the very beginning, I was trying to do lives on my Instagram live to just like have something that made people feel happy. And I DM'd him and I was like, listen, you are my favorite person in the whole wide world. And I would love, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to come on my live and like talk for a little bit. And he didn't even respond. So I'm doing the best I can to try to, cause you know how I love Drew from the I beginning know. Time. I know that's incredible. So anyway, we'll see. Nothing might happen, but I am a little bit getting my hopes up just a little bit up. I'm sure they'll be broken. If it happens, we'll play it on the show. Obvs, obvs. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, well, that's really happy. I hope that happens for you. Should we get on to a mom rage? Let's get on to a mom rage. We have a new mom rage sent in by Allison Raymond. She said, hi, guys. First off, I love your hot gossip segment. It makes me Thank feel like God. I'm a- 
I know, because you and I are always like, do people like it? We don't care. We're going to keep doing it. Um, It makes me feel like I'm aware of some pop culture since my reality TV shows have been on the back burner. Just wanted to share my mom rage moment of the day. My husband had just cleaned the house the day before, and we had still managed to keep it clean for 24 hours. That's impressive. Also, shout out to your husband who cleaned the house. Yeah. Despite the efforts of my 22-month-old son, he was begging for popcorn for dinner, so I caved. After bringing the full bowl into the living room, my son proceeds to pick it up. Sometimes he likes to walk around while eating. Not this time. He dumped the entire bowl over his head and then didn't <laughs> eat more than three pieces. Sometimes I think my toddler just likes to bully us. Allison, 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 listen. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Listen, last week I told you guys I did the full clean for my in-laws to come. Intense spring cleaning. Let me tell you, my son uh, like two days into it opened the freezer, opened the box of baking soda I have to keep in there to keep everything fresh and spilt it on the floor and then was finger painting with it. So I feel ya. I I also have a love-hate relationship with popcorn specifically. Yeah, I'm not a big popcorn person. Lee loves popcorn. I'm not that into it, but popcorn seems to get everywhere. Like I don't know what it is popcorn, but the energy of popcorn when it pops evidently stays after it's popped and it jumps out of the bowl and goes fucking everywhere. And also the only way popcorn is good is if it's like loaded with butter. butter. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, it's so fattening. You can't really do much with it. I also like it with like some Old Bay on there. Mm, Mm. Delicious. I, for a while, movie theaters, remember movie theaters when we used to go to those? They had um, this like powder by the like butter station and it would have they had a ranch flavor they had a cheddar flavor and then they had I don't know something sweet and I loved it because I would sprinkle the shit out of the ranch and the the cheddar cheese on my pop oh my mouth is watering mm, any more ways to take in ranch and cheese <laughs> all of those chemicals made in Elizabeth New Jersey and if you ever go on the New Jersey turnpike you can smell all those chemicals being made. oh I love them and all together they smell like a dank old fart <laughs> Alice Thank you so much for sharing your mom rage with us. We're going to reach out and send you some swag. If you guys have some mom rage, make sure to send us an email at momtouragepod at gmail.com. You can DM us. Let us know. Momtourage, we put the rage in motherhood. All right, first segment. However, I have to interrupt you to say that I can smell my feet from here. (laughs) Speaking of cheese dust. All right, let's move on to not popcorn and not Carrie's cheesy smelling feet. They're more like vinegar potato chips than cheese, but we'll go there. (laughs) Today we're talking about an article from CNN called Meet Gen C, the COVID generation. Do they really pick the letter based on the thing? So like if I'm Gen Z, what was the Z? Zero for like two thousands or like what? I don't think there's a consistent thing. Like okay, you're Gen I just X. Had to ask that. I was like, ooh, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the consistent thing is. They said that I'm a gen something. I'm like in between. I'm the in-between gen thing. I'm actually generation Y. Oh. All right. So so people or experts are calling our children. Gen C, because they believe that COVID is the thing that has shaped the generation the most thus far. Investment analysts and children's rights advocates have taken to using variations on the phrase. So Gen C includes kids that are born from 2016 all the way to the mid-2030s, because they think that the changes we're witnessing are so dramatic that even kids born years after the pandemic may see it shaping their lives. So Sebastian was born in 2017. Luna was born 
2018. Yep. So they're going to be the old Gen Seers, kind of like Matt and I are old millennials. Okay, so they're old COVID babies. Yeah, they're going to be like the old COVID generation. They're going to be like like the boomers. That's why I'm a Y instead of an X. It's like I'm an old X, which means I'm a Y. I don't think that's a thing. You don't get like a sub, a sub generation title. Like I'm a fucking millennial, even though I'm an old one and I don't agree with it. You're just a young Gen X. They called me a Y. They called me a Y. Okay. And where'd you find that? Wikipedia? Google. Uh Uh-huh. So a senior advisor at the United Nations Children Fund said that All children should be included, especially those who have had points of transition in their lives disrupted. This article is really interesting because it goes on to kind of talk about all the different age variations. Like kids from the age of seven to nine are particularly vulnerable because they're not old enough to really express the big feelings that they may be feeling during this. But they're old enough to remember the difference. Right, exactly. They're old enough to, they're probably more apt to being shaped by this than Luna and Sebastian are, you know? And then they even think that kids, you know, Luna and Sebastian's age, kids that were born during all of this, that they may be shaped the most because, you know, the first thousand days of life are so critical in development. Thousand days is a lot of days. That's a lot of days. told me, yeah. I mean, that's at least like four years old-ish. I was going to say it's three to four years old based on my terrible math skills. Right, exactly. So our kids are in there. They're worried about how kids are going to actually, like in that age bracket, the first thousand day kids, how they're going to be able to socialize with other children. If they're going to know how to like go up to kids in a crowd and just introduce themselves. And then they're also comparing these children, Gen C, to kids that were affected in Katrina, kids that were affected even in 9-11. I was going to say, please don't say Holocaust. I can't, no. I can't have another Holocaust situation. No, 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 no. One of the things that they're studying, they do say the depression and I'll go into that. But one of the things that they're trying to study is the kids that are going to be the biggest affected the most by all of this are the children that are usually in black and brown communities, really poor kids. Those are the ones whose family is receiving the least amount of medical help. They're the ones that, again, we've talked about this endlessly on the show. They're affected by technology. You know, we've had the pleasure of being able to be home. And I say the pleasure, take that however you want. For me, there is a level of, it is a pleasure to be able to be home and like do everything here, not have to commute to school, not have to commute to work. And now, you know, these children, Children who come from poor communities, they don't have access to that. So they're not going to school. They're not achieving certain goals that they need to achieve. What do you think about all this, Carrie? Thank you, Ashley. What a formal uh, ask of me. (laughs) Did you have that formal ask because you were talking for a long time? Yeah, well, I was just trying to get through all the different shit in the article. You're like, and what do you think, Carrie Zatara? Yeah, I wanted you to chime in, but I also was just like, let me get through all this info. I didn't even get through all of it. That was so formal. It made me very uncomfortable. Okay. Oh, sorry. First thing I have to say is that I noticed that my kid is different being based on this time. Different than what? Than how she would have been? Than other children? Than what? Other kids in a different time that I have been close to. Like, Got it. I don't know my kid from another time because she was like barely alive when this wasn't COVID. I mean, she was very young. She didn't make her own choices like she does now. But she'll say like, do I need to put on a mask? Or like, my kid is extremely social. So she walks into every place and goes, hi, I'm Luna Mars. So I don't think introducing herself is going to be a problem. I think that not being a forward person might be a problem for her. But 
I think that's okay. But she does say things like, can I hug them? I want to hold their hand, but I know I can't hold their hand. She's really into like play acting things that are going on emotionally in her life. Like we're trying to get rid of her passy. And so whenever she plays with her baby doll, she like slaps the passy out of their mouth mouth and says, no passy. Because she's, you know, reliving the like trauma of her daily life, like touch the doll where they touched you kind of thing. (laughs) So she does the same thing with friends. Like all her dolls have to have at least one friend. And then she says it's hard to find a friend because people are sick. She's constantly saying people are sick. Their dog's sick. Everybody is sick. She's got to fix, she can't hang out with them because they're sick. So she's definitely like play acting some of the things that I say to her about why we like can't have Eni over or why at a playground she can't just like go up and hug a person, which she wants yeah. to do, which kills me because she is the most, I'm not like this. She's 100% like, I'm going to go see this person, kiss them, hug them, hold their hand and play with them the whole entire time. I keep telling her she can't do that. And I'm trying to figure out the right words to say it so it doesn't scar her permanently, but she's play acting it all out. So it's making an imprint. I think what's crazy about this is that there really is no right or wrong way because it's never happened before. Right. It's unprecedented and we're living in it. For a while, I've said I've talked about this on the show for a while. Sebastian was having some major anger issues, <laughs> like that trip to Target. And now he's going up to people like just random people he sees on the street and goes, Hi, I Sebastian. My age is three. And I'm like, okay, stop talking to everyone. And then he'll usually follow it up with, I love you. I don't know if he's kind of gone from like the fear is not settling in to like, or or the fear was settling in to now this is just normal and I'm just going to proceed and I'm craving companionship and friendship. I'm trying to create normalcy. So like, I sort of like that she doesn't even flinch when people are wearing masks. Yeah. I like that we've just like created that there wasn't a deal about that. She's just like, this is the way it is, yo, you know? Do you, I don't think people are going to stop wearing masks. I hope people don't stop wearing masks. Like, I hope that people going forward, we take on more of this, like, you know, what's really prominent in Asian cultures, which is wearing a mask when you're sick. I remember I used to see like Asian people on the bus with a mask on. I'd be like, oh, that's weird. You're I'd freaking like, me out. Yeah. And now I like, I would have the courtesy to wear a mask if I was going somewhere and I was sick. And I would hope, yeah. I mean, considering how we've seen people behave all, all I don't, I, I think you and I will year. be that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, uh, successful that will be but I would I would hope I think I'll always have a mask in my bag going forward yeah I mean I don't know I'm just saying that like it makes me sad for her but I also am hoping that again this is so full egotistical but I'm hoping that the little things that I do for socialization and stuff are trying to help negate some of that in the way that I talk to her yeah I mean mean, we don't really know we won't know bottom line is we're not gonna know how it's gonna affect them until like way later Especially in our kids' age. Yes. Because they're not going to be able to fully process and explain it until way later. Well, the good news is that they said that there is plenty of time for other big events to shape our kids. Great. So another big fucking shitstorm. Yeah, which is kind of terrifying because, like, as a millennial, we've gone through two huge recessions that have really shaped us. You know, And also, like, your generation and my brother's generation, not only the economic thing, but September 11th. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, I was a teenager. When September 11th happened, I was here. My parents both worked a couple of blocks from everything. So that was, you know, for me, that was a huge day. But then I talked to somebody like Matt and yeah, it was a big day, but it's not like he was sitting there worried that his parents were dead. It's different levels of trauma. As humans and as parents, it really 
tells us like you never fucking know what's gonna happen and that can be good or bad you know like a lot of great things can come out of things oh I'm trying so hard to be positive guys oh and they also studied the Boston uh, marathon bombing they referred to that in this those events really change security measures going forward which make things a lot more difficult to happen um I guess that's a positive out of it <laughs> what does that say about me that I hate when people remind me of all the shit I've been through I'm like, yes, I've lived through I think that's September all of 11th. us. Yes, I've lived through Boston Marathon. I'm just like, I don't want to be reminded. Like, I mean, it's important to be reminded. I don't want to be that person. But also, I feel like, yes, I've lived through a lot of shit. And I'm just doing my best to keep forward momentum. And so sometimes to be reminded, I just like, I just can't. Like, whenever September 11th happens, it yeah. happens every the year, obviously. Yeah. I can't watch the stuff. Because no, I was living here during that time. Yep. And I had some really bad PTSD after. It. Yep. I just am like, I get it. It needs to be a thing because we need to never forget. I get it. People's lives were lost and it's a memorial, but I just can't watch the stuff. I just can't. I just need forward momentum or else I'm going to get sucked into the shit ditch. I totally agree. I am somebody who does like a commemorative 9-11 post on 9-11 because... I don't know for in some way it's important to me. You don't want to be disrespectful either. I mean, we could move on. We could like, I, I could know that the day was here. I just feel like people who still live in this general area, we always need to like do a little bit of something. And it was just, you know, again, anyone who was here for it, there's a lot of PTSD. I remember my mom couldn't go in buildings, in tall buildings for years. She would have a panic attack because of things that she saw when she was trying to get out of the city. Like, God, this has gotten real downhill. Let me change, let me, <laughs> let me change the course of this conversation. My point is, we don't know how this is going to shape our kids. And this is how they ended the article. They said that the changes we've already been seeing with Gen Z, the preceding generation will accelerate. For example, they predict Gen Z will have the opportunity to work wherever they want in the world without leaving the comforts of their home. And that is exciting. I love that. I think that this whole work from home situation for mothers is going to be a game changer. For everyone, I mean, think about it. It's going to change the landscape of cities like New York City. I mean, now all these like huge companies, like Matt keeps telling me about this huge building Google is building by his office that he has not been in over a year. You just invested all this money into this huge building. What are you going to do? Is everyone going to be in there? What about all the office buildings in Midtown that are totally dedicated to office space? Do they turn those into real apartments? Can I make the most cheesiest reference ever? Yeah, of course. The difference for me between like voiceover and theater acting or TV and theater acting, it's like they don't see you. They can hire whoever's. I know. They can hire. I told you they can hire whoever is best for the job, not based on anything else. I sort of feel like that's amazing that instead of like where you live, it's just like whoever is best for the job. Think about like people who hate city living and want to be in the country and have a more rural lifestyle. Think about what we're doing to our planet in terms of global warming. Well, industrialization and global warming, like this now means that people can go back if they so choose to a life where they have chickens and they grow their own vegetables and they have more of a connection to the land, take that however you want, and still can work for a huge company and be present for work every day. And I think the lasting effects of something like that are going to be really cool to watch. I also think there's going to be all kinds of like advents in virtual world. Like, yeah, we're going back to things. Are musicians going to be playing live shows in the next two years? I sure hope so. That is different. I feel like that's different. Ah. <sighs> 
are you going to be? I'm not comfortable going to a concert, even now vaccinated. I'm not comfortable being in a. And I'll tell you, before this happened, I'm going to get dark again. I'm warning you all. I would go to an outdoor show 100%. Before all this happened? With the shootings and everything? Yes. I had. A lot of fear about going to big gatherings, going to movies, going to any kind of large gathering because you didn't know if some crazy lunatic was going to get up in there and shoot people. I had that same anxiety, but I, I didn't let it stop me because I just have to live my life at some point. I agree, but I'd rather not be in a place and be like, I gotta live and enjoy this moment and not let the fear take over and have that playing in my head instead of enjoying a concert or a movie. Maybe I'm a little bit different, but there's nothing else like a live theater, live music, live experience. So I pick and choose my battles. If it's just like a band, I'm like, "Eh, maybe I won't go there. But if it's one of my big ones, I will... I got to live my life. I can't think about all the terrible things that could happen because you could also just like randomly crash your car for no apparent reason or you could get cancer out of nowhere. So let's not take it to that dark place. (laughs) We want to hear from you guys. What are your biggest concerns? What are your hopes? With your kids. Yeah. Yeah. But what are your hopes for their future? What are you excited about? This very traumatizing, very scary, huge event in all of our lives across the globe has changed so much and it's going to have a ripple effect fact. What are you hoping happens because of it? And what are you scared of? Share it with us. Send us an email at momtrashpod at gmail or send us a DM on Instagram at momtrashpodcast because we want to hear from you. One of the things that you pointed out that we didn't get to that does make me nervous Mm. is that the role of technology, especially of data creation, is going to accelerate dramatically. Mm -hmm. People are going to live their life online and they're going to experience it in the virtual world. Me and Lee often disagree about this. I'd do not like the way technology is going. I like paper. You mean like AI I like to, and stuff? Well, like Lee automates our whole house. And one right. of the big arguments is like, I really like to just use the button to turn the light on. I don't want to have to talk to my phone to turn my light on. It annoys me. Shouldn't you be able to do both? I can do that both with all my smart lights. It kind of fucks things up sometimes. So okay. Lee's like, well, it's good because then everything turns off. I'm like, I get how it's helpful. I miss tactile. I'm a tactile person. I still keep a journal. I don't like to type things in. I'm definitely one of those people that would write their book handwritten and then just pay someone to transcribe it. I oh, my God. I watched time. a terrible movie where the woman would, did that like two nights ago and I was making fun of her the whole time. I know. It's annoying. That's just how I work. That's how I am. I like books. I like to flip switches. I'm trying to be like a good partner in this relationship. And like Lee loves that shit. It's literally what he does for a living. I try to go with it. And so this moving more towards virtual stuff, I'm really against I'm really against it. Like today my kid played in fucking dirt. I just let her like put her hands in dirt and ruin shit. I'm really into tactile experiences. I don't want things to move more virtual AI. I do not. I am going to drag my feet in the mud with this. That's part. I like that we can like do our jobs wherever and that maybe it's more accessibility for people, especially for people with disabilities, like all of those things, people with psychological issues, people with autism that might not be able to do their job in the workplace, but can do their job well virtually. All these things are great, but not great with this whole, we're going to live in an AI world. I'm not okay with that. I mean, I get it. I also just have some kind of 
feeling based on nothing. So don't hold me to this. This is not from an article. I I have a feeling that we're moving towards more and more people kind of rebelling against all of that. I'm ready to go back to typewriters, guys. I don't think our kids are going to be as into sharing their every meal and outfit on Instagram as we are. But again, that's just my own feeling. But we'll find out. We'll see. You know, I get I get exactly what you're saying. All right, guys, this is a very focused hot goss, and it is Emily Ratajkowski, beautiful model, gorgeous girl, former Nickelodeon or Disney star, one of the... I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, I don't remember what she was on, but she was on something. Came to fame when the Blurred Lines... Robin Thicke video. With her topless. Yeah. She just had a baby. Uh, I think it's 11 days postpartum. She posted a picture on her Instagram stories of her. It looks like she's never had a baby or a sandwich. She's wearing like a silk pajama set. The top is open, you know, covering her nipples, but still open. And her stomach is completely flat. And she looks gorgeous. She also in it was like, ignore the docatot. And then we yeah. like don't see a docatot. It's like behind her, hidden, whatever. Go for it, shall we? <sighs> this is a hard one for me because continuing, I have so much shame and anger around my birth and so much shame and anger around my body postpartum. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but I know it's something that people feel. I guarantee it's what I was going to say, so go for it. I feel so much uh, disappointment and anger towards my body that it did not do the thing that I thought it was going to do after all these years of preparing for it, like preparing my body. It let me down. That's how I felt. It let me down in every way. I didn't have a vaginal birth. I couldn't really breastfeed. It let me down in all the ways, except that it kept my baby alive. And she's healthy and everyone's alive. And soon to be eating caviar. Correct. Evidently. So I feel really uh, disappointed and let down by my my body. It's been a really hard struggle. I have a lot of anger, very pointed anger. You can tell from my voice right now over everyone that did not have a hard time. And it's not fair. And I know it's not logical and it's not healthy. But every single person that had a healthy vaginal birth who does not have terrible problems with their body who like bounced back and all that stuff. I actively hate you. Not really, but in my mind I do because my body got fucked. I did not have the birth I wanted. I did not have the afterbirth I wanted. And then for me, as you know, Ashley, it made perimenopause happen right away. My recovery has been just like a hot mess. I'm trying not to hate on people. This was my choice to have a baby this late in life, all these things, but I have a really hard self-love journey journey that I'm not there yet on my body and my birth and postpartum and all. I'm not there. I'm just not there. And so seeing shit like this, I'm just like, ugh, not today, Satan. Here's the thing. Uh, I hear everything you're saying. I get it. I My first response when I look at her is, ugh, fuck you. She's a tall, young model. I, I realize it's also not fair. This is not based in anything. I, no, and she, her journey is her journey. I don't want to hit on her. But my first instinct is like, ugh. Absolutely. And I don't, I think because I've acknowledged the like tinge of jealousy, the tinge, I think because I'm acknowledging that, I can also say why you who is this bot she is this body advocate right she is one of those women that constantly like post topless pictures and then also does the like I'm pro-female I'm a feminist I go to the women's marches I'm best friends with Amy Schumer and I get all that I'm not taking that away from her but it also kind of seems like 
like a little, I don't know, maybe I'm taking it personally, but it seems a little kind of insensitive to a lot of, that's a really difficult time in so many women's lives and all of our lives, that postpartum period. And it kind of like to on one hand say I'm this pro body image, all bodies are sexy, uh, I'm a feminist, and then be like, hey, look at my body, 11 weeks later, 11 days later, kind of seems like a little showy. But then I had the realization that, oh, wait a second, she is a supermodel. Her job depends on her body, despite all the other bullshit she claims. And something tells me this is to show all the future work, like I'm back hire me. Yeah, probably. So that kind of made me feel a little better because I know I post certain things on Instagram and I'm, who the fuck am I? I post things on Instagram because it's like, hey, I You're a gorgeous work. unicorn, Ashley. You're a gorgeous unicorn. Oh, thank you. So are you. But it, you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? It's like I post, and I know you do too. We post things on Instagram that may not be for everybody, but it's definitely like putting things out there, letting the world know I'm ready to work, letting everyone know that I do this because without telling everybody, they're not going to know. There's that whole thing. I did, I've done so many casting seminars about it takes so many like touch points for someone to remember or to think yes. about you. Yes. And it's sad to say, but like people, you need to be in their like yep. feed for lack of a better word so yep. that they even think of you for a job so yeah. you do have to do that work and it's gross a lot of times but it's how you get your work I know to a lot of you we probably sound like haters and we are a little bit in all honesty we are a little bit and we're admitting it and we're not perfect people we're flawed people like everybody else and we have our own feelings that we try and sort through I wanted to talk about this today because of that because I think it's important for us to highlight those negative aspects as much as it is you know what I mean like, hey, we're not perfect. And we sometimes we hate on people because they look so good 11 yeah. days after they have a kid. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about, so as you all know, I got the Peloton in my suburban lifestyle of trying to get this body back. It's not working. But Robin, who's one of my favorite Peloton instructors, also sort of posted something. And she's not like a tall model, but she is a professional triathlete fitness person. She's wearing very high-waisted jeans, I just want to say. And no, but like it just looks so good. So anyway, she, she had a baby recently being on Peloton and teaching up until the very end. And she posted uh, some postpartum pictures and girl looked tight. Yeah, she looks good. That's kind of how I thought that my journey was going to go because she's not that young. She's young, but she's not that young in the Peloton world of like 20 something Peloton. She looks like she's like my age, right? Yeah. And granted, like, you know, I thought that that was how that was going to be for me because I worked out until the very end. I did as much as I could. I'm a very active person. And I totally know that it's my projection of the fact that nothing went as planned as I hoped it would. But each time I see something like that, it feels like a personal dig. And I know it's not. We're getting into the psychology of me and Ashley, but I know it's not a personal dig. I'm all about empowerment. I'm all about, again, people putting themselves out there as an inspiration. But sometimes when things don't work your way, you feel like it's a dig. I mean, listen, I'm not crazy. It's not a personal dig. It just it just affects a person differently. I know. I know. But I, I also want to point this out. You know, some people had a hard time bouncing back in the way that Carrie did, where it was kind of like right away. Um, and then there's people like me. I breastfed for 15 months. I was thin, thin, thin. I mean, malnourished looking thin, even though I was eating and it was because. <laughs> which is the goal constant. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Which, thin. right. And I was just like back to my old shit in like six months, eight months, maybe. As 
soon as I stopped breastfeeding, I gained weight and I have not been able to get back to like my pre-baby side. I also have not tried. You try. I do not try. Uh, I just sit here eating fucking bonbons, drinking and complaining. This is why it makes me so mad because I really try hard. <laughs> I know. I know. But I, I'm saying what I'm saying not to be like, ah, I, I got really skinny. That's not what I mean. I'm just trying to let other people know out there that are listening that like we talk about it all the time. Postpartum is not just immediately after you have a baby. Postpartum is anytime after baby. <laughs> yeah. You can get depression after that. You can have your weight gain. You, your hormones can do all kinds of funky things for quite some time after you have a kid. So just a reminder from me to Carrie and to all of you that we have to just be kind to ourselves. And it's a long ass road, bitches. Yeah, man, we're still on it. We're still working. All right. Hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. So mine this week is Ikea Airdal. It's Swedish. Who the fuck knows Erdal. if I'm saying Erdal. it right? How are you going to say it? It's A-U-R-D-A-L. It's from Ikea. It is the closet system I have used. I would say the entire closet system, I'm adding more drawers and more pieces to it. Was about, and this is for a closet system that takes up an entire small bedroom. Room was about $700. That's including drawers. That's including clothing rods. It's including shelves. I think it is so well-priced because had I tried to do that with the IKEA packs or Container Store's Alpha system, it would have been so much more expensive. It's really easy to put together. So if you're looking for some kind of like closet system that works for you, you can customize it however you need to. You can put it in like, you know, the closets with the bifold doors, whatever. I highly recommend it. You can probably do one of those inside closets for like 150 bucks, which is cheaper than like the Rubbermaid that you see on Amazon and all of that. So I really recommend it. it. There's not a lot of tutorials or anything out there right now because it's a very new system, but really good. Really good. Awesome. Love it. You should post it on the Momtrage Instagram your before and after. I will. I'm not done with the after part. When it's after, I promise I will. So mine are the Viore sweatpants. So I would never have bought these for myself normally, which is weird because I often buy myself very expensive things for no reason. But these are the <laughs> fancy, fancy, quote unquote, $100 joggers. They're not actually $100, but close to that. I don't know if I would have bought myself these because I buy myself expensive yoga leggings, but not joggers, even though you can wear them for yoga. Mm. As Lee and our birthday present, Lee's sister-in-law, I mean, my sister-in-law, Lee's sister. Oh, this is the one she sent you. Yeah, sent us matching joggers. Cute. So cute. I am 100% sold. Like, they almost look like real pants. That's I think that's what makes them so good. They're mm. very thin. They're not hot. They're not sweatpants. They're not for warmth. They're the most soft, comfortable jogger. But they almost look like so fancy that they're a real pant in this mm. new world where real pants aren't real pants. They're slim. They're so comfortable. They're only medium high rise. And the best thing is that they're not hot because I get hot so much. Yeah. I love them. I don't think I would have bought them for myself, but now I'm going to buy more pairs. And they are the Viore Jogger. She got them for me in like a very, very dark charcoal gray, which is an awesome color. And I'm going to buy more of them. Totally. They're $88, uh, not including tax. They're very much worth it. And they don't pill. Oh, that's nice. I've washed them probably like already since she got them to me, maybe 15 times and they're not pilling. And I have a lot of thigh rub. So they would pill already. Chub rub as I call it. And they're good for yoga and for regular pants. They're very slimming. Love them. Awesome. 
Well, you guys, everything is linked in the show notes as usual. We love you all, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.